Hello and welcome back to Listen to This, a podcast about music, for music, and everything in between. I'm Danny. And I'm Alex. And today we have a guest. We have Ty. Say hi. Hi. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello. Hi. <laughs> nice to be here. In our, in our great recording studio. Oh, yeah. No, it's beautiful. That, that, is, that is my dining room. We have a chessboard, so it's sophisticated. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm that prick who always has a chessboard on my table in case someone comes in and is like, hey, do I, do you, we should play chess. And I'll be like, okay. Just a battle of intellectual wits. Yeah. And it just elevates. It's all it is. It's elevating. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I'm just a hipster. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this episode, we're going to be kind of not as much, presumably, not as much just gushing about uh, artists we like and bands we like, but also, uh, but like more so, taking a look into the music production side of things, in particular songwriting, which is weirdly, weirdly, weirdly perfect given my day I've had so far. But I'll get into that while we're talking about the episode. In the meantime, Ty, you're gonna take it away for us. What have you been listening to lately? Um, well, lately I've been really kind of getting into um, more of The Who again. That's kind of something. The Who. The Who, yeah. I've been really kind of getting back into, like, uh, Mongolian stuff. Because, like, there's been a lot of, like, Mongolian throat Oh, you mean H-U Who, yeah, not yeah. the W-H-L Who. Okay. Yeah, yeah, my bad. I should have I kind of clarified a little bit more. Um, yeah, there's just been a lot of talk, like, Mongolian throat singing and stuff lately. And I've kind of just jumped back into that to really sort of, like, just kind of get into it. Because it's very just an interesting sound. Um, Indeed. But, yeah. A lot of them, for sure. Um, Dance Gavin Dance is, you know, bassist just passed. Uh, we were R. talking R. about that before we were recording and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, their, their new uh, single just came out, Synergy, which is actually really good. I like it a lot. Um, it has the uh, lead singer from, why can't I remember it? I'm totally blanking on it. Uh, Don Broco, lead singer of Don Broco. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, um, and yeah, like that combination is really kind of interesting. That's not a crossover I thought I would expect to see. Um, yeah, I was I was very very interested in that too because like Don Broco is another band that I think that's pretty excellent in terms of their uniqueness. I'll be honest, I haven't even heard that name before. It's Don Broco. They're very interesting. But I I say it, but I say it wrong. I usually say Bronco for some reason. So we have talked about it, but I never like. It's one of those things that I. It's like why I say Patterson instead of Pattinson, Pattinson? and shit. Chelsea like, Cutler. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's that, that's that's an OG reference back to like episode one or episode two of the yeah. first season. Basically, I I look at words and I'm like, this looks similar. I'm just gonna say that instead of the enough. actual word. Yeah, close enough. Yeah, they're a very interesting band too. Don Broco is a personal favorite of mine. I think okay. They're, they're very weird. I like weird stuff. Hell yeah. They're very interesting. I get behind that. They're a fun band, yeah. Lots of fun. Danny, what have you been listening to? Oh god. Uh so Brandon... <laughs> Oh god, I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. What do I do? No, uh so uh someone I've never heard of before, Masked Wolf, came out with a song with Bring Me the Horizon called Fallout. Really like it. It's like UK rap pop i guess is a good way of putting it uk rap do you mean like like grime like underground uk rap like like mf doom and mf doom and even more no it seems more like pop rappy but you can tell like he's definitely british because when he's doing like some of the lines i'm just like yeah i know where you're from he wants some tea and crumpets i got Uh, yeah then secrets released falling out from their upcoming album 
I guess they were having trouble on Spotify for a minute because, like, it was cutting the song off at a weird point. And so fans were, like, messaging them, like, hey. This, Are you sure this, it's done? Is this what it's supposed to sound like? And they're like, oh, no. So they had to, like, re-upload it, I think. So they're like, oh, this is happening. Like, we'll fix it. But I finally got to listen to it today, and I really, really do like it. It's a little bit softer, and I think probably too for some of the songwriting i'll bring secrets up again so i don't want to go too far into <laughs> it but uh, like it's definitely kind of uh softer lyrically but like still there's kind of same melody okay cool cool so it's and a like cool start do they have their same kind of how do i put it <laughs> sound duality because like with with the the like what I have found in the few secret songs that I'm, I'm familiar with, the clean vocalist sings over the more heavy instrumentals, mm-hmm. and the heart, the unclean vocalist sings over the smoother instrumentals. Yeah. This one is kind of a weird hybrid where it's almost the same melody throughout. It doesn't get too much harder or smoother, but I think this is because the last one they put out. I think it's called the collapse. That one he was screaming the entire way through. And then in this one, I think they're singing all the way through. Okay. So I'm like, it's kind of an, a cool flip on just like, hey, we'll give fans more of what they want, but in one, like each one gets their own song. Interesting. Almost like, almost like, like spotlighting each yeah. of the vocalists. I like that. I'm going to, uh, I'm sorry, did you have more you wanted to say? Oh, no, you're good. I, w- I, w- I wanted to apologize for some stuff we were saying last episode. Um, and it's especially relevant because I used the song as the opener for the episode. Oh, no. What'd you do? Well, so our, the song I, I chose was Crazy Train. And we yeah. kept saying, yeah, Black Sabbath. They released that at a certain point. No. Crazy Train is not a Black Sabbath song. It is the first solo Ozzy uh, Osbourne, Osbourne single. Osbourne. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty embarrassing. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I feel bad To be fair, they're, they're so synonymous. They've been so synonymous for a while that it just... Yeah. Do, you have, do you have thoughts on that and that statement? I'm just, I'm just, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a fair mistake because you know, it's. I, I, I always said the only band I ever mistook the solo artist and the band songs for was Phil Collins and Genesis because like Morrissey and the Smiths for some reason I can tell the difference, mm-hmm. but like, like, like bands like with, with Phil Collins's music, especially after he started his solo career but was still doing Genesis stuff, they for me they're just so interwoven and one and the same. I was like, that's the only person I have problems with, as I am just spewing lies about Crazy Train. <laughs> Honestly, it would be more embarrassing if we like mixed up Zach Wilde's Black Label Society with something that Ozzy or uh, Black Sabbath did. So I'm still pretty proud of us, to be honest. <laughs> Zach Wilde, not Oscar Wilde. I've definitely made that mistake before. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you think they're completely that's a, that's a, his lyricism, let me it's tell you. Yeah, wow, it's obscene. It was, oh, I've been there. Um, but there's a song I, I discovered from a band I think all three of us enjoy. Uh, uh, it's, 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 it's a bit of a throwback to uh, Gorilla's album, Plastic Beach. Um, like, I only knew the big ones, like, uh, on Melancholy Hill and stuff like that. But um, my, a co-worker of mine just showed me Super Fast Jellyfish. Mm. And I was like, that, that's, 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 that's pretty funky. I like this it's one. Nice. I like that a lot. Yeah. Very groovy. Um, I'm going to geek out for a second here, though. Okay. So last week, I saw Sonic the Hedgehog 2, opening night. Was it good? I absolutely adored it. Like, as an actual movie, it's fine. It's fun. It's, it's more for kids. It's whatever. But as a Sonic fan, I'm not a furry. As a Sonic <laughs> fan, that was a phenomenal work of art. Like, like, like there, was, there were so many obscure references. Like, one, Sonic's dance moves were canonically accurate. They, they gave Knuckles a line that was 
only that was canon but was a reference to an instruction manual from 16 years ago it's like Fantastic. oh i'm sorry 26 years ago like they they they, they did like did their homework for this one to do to, to, to give the fans what they wanted and i thought it was so good the internet need, did not need to bully them to get them there either <laughs> exactly the it's a great start <laughs> also like the voice of tales was cannot was was the voice actress from the game she reprised her role for the movie which oh my I thought god was really neat. yeah don't be wrong I, I like ben schwartz and idris elba sonic and knuckles but it was cool hearing colleen o'shaughnessy be, be tales again it's I bring it up though because Kid Cudi did the theme for the movie Stars in the Sky and it's it's really good. It's it's definitely I mean any kind of Sonic theme video game or movie or TV show is usually pretty damn feel good. It's about I can do it. We've got this. Our dreams are possible. Teamwork. Kind of thing. And Kid Cudi did, did, did a song like that. And I was like, this is this is fun. This is heartwarming. I enjoy this. This is heartwarming. It makes my yeah. little heart. Honestly, yeah, the power of friendship will yeah, it's always good, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, I've been listening to some songs off Charlie XCX's new album because I might be seeing her at Summerfest, but I might have already moved out of state by then. Mm-hmm. It's it's like that's that's the weird window that we'll be leaving in, so we'll see. Um, but I like it a lot, especially the single "Used to Know Me," um, which I think is getting big on like Instagram Reels and TikTok and stuff like that. Yeah, I think can't quite say. Um, and then, then just some smaller songs I've discovered, like "Echoes" by the group, the artist. I'm not sure Roosevelt. Um, and then Wet Weather Man by Wild Rivers. Those are both those are both fun bops. Oh, Weather Man, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about songwriting. None of us are necessarily massively professional musicians. <laughs> However, I feel like all of us have dabbled in some form or another of creating music whether you say whether it's i play trumpet in marching band or or i have an in a home studio like well all of us have, have have had some some part to play a bit and we've also we also are music fanatics enough to look into groups we like and know how they do songs wait pause did you know i play trumpet that was a shot in the dark <laughs> <laughs> dude i did play trumpet uh, hell yeah Very uh, that's uh, what i was like oh like this he knows this yeah, this is like, i, I didn't know that it. nope shot in the uh, dark I, was the yeah, no, I did play trumpet in uh middle school and then i was in choir in high school nice okay yeah i um not to brag or anything i am a gold medal trombone player so uh <laughs> tell your sisters <laughs> Uh, oh my god but no like like you can tell who we were in high school we were not the cool kids <laughs> not, i was a brain dead percussionist so it's all right hell yeah um no like like i, I I'm, I'm a pretty damn skilled trombone player while mine has to get touched up i'm pretty sure if i picked it up again i would still know all the positions all the notes to hit and i can still reread music pretty damn well i'm biased towards a a bass clef instead of a treble clef but i, I, I can still get the job done i'm also like i can play piano by ear and i can I'm still working on harmonica because I can only practice that in my car. And then I have just various instruments everywhere. I have like random drums in places. I also have my ukulele in my closet. And I, I mess with Z- uh, a friend of mine's bass when I go over to his apartment. We're just talking. I just pick up his bass and, and play it a little bit. It's so much fun. But, bass is such a fun instrument. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where like by the end of the day, I can feel the calluses forming on my fingertips. But, but you yeah, know. blisters on me fingers. Got blisters on me fingers. Uh, but okay, then, then trumpet and choir. Ty, have you do you have any experience with 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 actual in- instruments? Uh, yeah, person? um, played guitar for a while, um, bass Hell guitar. Yeah. I learned a little bit of like upright bass in high school band. Hell yeah! I had to fill in for our upright bassist who got sick. Awesome. Um, that was a nightmare. 
that was a nightmare. <laughs> and you said percussionist. Yeah, percussionist. Um, I played uh, the timpani and everything like that when I was in school. Xylophone, um, drums, drum kit itself, mm-hmm. um, snare for marching band and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool, awesome. Um, also, just as a disclaimer, you've definitely heard Ty's name numerous times before from your uh, uh, music. Uh, uh, full exposure. Yeah. Full exposure. Yeah, it isn't a tour. What would you call it? I uh, guess it's like a like a smaller scale, like local music festival. Like festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. trying to like advertise like local bands and stuff. Hell like yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 Ty is also heavily involved in the music scene. Um, One heavily. You contact <laughs> bands and you get them to to perform live and get crowds to come see them. That's yeah, that's still yeah, involved. We've been doing it for like. Eight, eight, nine, it's no big deal. Just, I don't know. Almost, almost a decade. It's, it's whatever. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's more. It's a passion project. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, so I, I. It's weird to say write music when I don't do anything physically. I do it all on the computer, um, and whenever I do it, I always start with a piano. Piano is an, an instrument that I wish I knew how to properly play and stuff. I wish I was traditionally trained classically trained all that stuff but um i'm just not but i i can play it play it by ear pretty damn well even if you put a keyboard in front of me i will be very self-conscious if you're watching me play but i, I can do it um and i find like that's as many people have find i feel like it's the best place to start with the song because it's it has the broadest range of any, of, of, of any of any tone-based instruments mm-hmm. um and then after i find i just sincerely i just fuck around with notes until i find some kind of sequence i like or even just like like a certain chord progression i want to work with and then i'll occasionally go into other instruments and see if i can take the exact thing i created but put it into a different instrument sound and then build it off there then once i have a a a melody and i have a harmony usually a bass line as well then i'll add in percussion and then just do all the finer tweaks in there which i essentially learned from watching and I shouldn't even say learn because they didn't properly teach it this way but I was watching a music documentary I, sh- I shouldn't say that not a documentary <laughs> a behind the scenes making of an album back in like 2008 of my favorite band at the time Zebrahead they were they were just recording this in the studio when they were making their album and I was just watching they always did their their guitar melodies first then they, they went over to the bassist and he either thought do I match that same melody or do I do like a harmony in the background with the bass and then drums and then I, I have the shocker angels and airwaves documentary start the machine when they talk about it was so obscure for their recording process for the last instrument they recorded for both uh we don't have to whisper and i empire the last thing they did was drums they did everything else before that then they had like you know a synthesized beat for the instrumentalists but then then adam willard was able to go in and just hear everyone playing their heart out and he was able to go ham on drums and do something different like that so i'm like okay i i, I make it a point to never start with the beat now because i'm a simp fanboy <laughs> it's an interesting way to do it too i mean it's very formulaic in that sense as well mm. it's like it's you can get consistent results out of like you said like you get a really broad range of tones and stuff yeah like that. exactly and the, the one thing that to this day i cannot do but probably out of, out of some level of being self-conscious but also just i don't have the talent for it i i can't write lyrics i have tried so many damn times i have tried writing poetry and 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 translating that into lyrics it doesn't happen i've tried asking our friends like Lindsay and carrie like hey do you guys have stuff i could try building off of i just can't do it i'm never satisfied with anything uh so i have i've even taken my music and sent it to lyricists and poets uh, you know uh amateur lyricists and poets friends of mine and they they they, they usually flake and don't get back to me or they're just being nice and 
don't want to tell me it. We don't really like what you wrote. It's not yeah. very good. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to try to keep my ego intact and be like, no, they just couldn't do it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know be, yeah. I'm not trash. They were just I'm, busy. Yeah, clearly. Uh, I'm carrying this group. Okay? <laughs> Stuff like that. Like, I, I, so I always feel like, or originally I always felt like the songs I, I was producing, writing, whatever you want to call it, were incomplete because they didn't have lyrics. But since then, I've actually just grown very comfortable with like, the, the the lead melody being the lyrics of the song kind of thing but uh there are definitely some of the older pieces that i considered for the most part done but the verse the the verses if you want to call it that are very lacking because the the instruments are meant to take a bit of a backseat to what the vocals would have been had i was able had i found someone to write for me and then record mm. record the voice for me very interesting um something i just realized that you just made me think about is uh i just recently saw circles around the sun with um, Johnny and Mallory, uh, friends of ours, um, and they don't have any lyrics at all in their in their music. Okay. And it was probably like a three four hour set of them just like jam banding, very funky. Like I guess like LSD kind of rock is what I would sort of classify it as. Okay. And um, you just made me kind of think about that in general about how like they don't really have any lyrics, but their songs still tell like a story kind of like there's a there's a very clear progression to their music. And it's also the first time I've ever seen a harp played live. Really? Very impressive. Also they have a high harp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean she I guess they're relatively new. She was their opening act and then they're kind of incorporating it into their music. But it's like very I jam like, band. Yeah. I like that. Very cool. Um but like you just made me think about that I guess in the sense of um how important it is kind of if you're gonna have music without lyrics to really kind of have something that's uh more or less carrying the, the story of the song through, you know, kind of really flowing through there. You were talking about Magic Sword. Yeah, Magic, <laughs> magic Sword. Um, so we saw them when we went to go see Avatar. And it, I didn't know anything about the band. And I, I know I explained it before. So, like, to reiterate real quick, it was three guys with, like, those weird Tron sort of masks on that glued... Glue. Glued. Glued. Glued to their skin. <laughs> <That's metal. laughs> that, that glowed different colors. So there was it was the primary, it was the red, the yellow, and the blue. And there wasn't any lyrics to it. I, they just kind of jammed on. And every once in a while, the keyboardist would lift up a giant lit up sword. Yeah, like a plastic Halloween sword. Hell yeah. It was so funny. But I was kind of interested because I was like, okay, at what point is this going to get old like just one because like that was the first time i've ever seen a band like that especially at uh the rave so i was like how is this gonna go and it was actually i one of my favorite things that i remember seeing there because it was just like the melody of it just kind of carried the whole feel of it i'm like oh this is where this hero goes and like defeats the dragon or some bullshit like that and i was yeah. like you could kind of figure out where they were in the story based on how the song was going. Yeah, the tempo and the feel of it, too. Like, it felt like you were trapped inside of, like, an 80s arcade cabinet in the best possible way. <laughs> yeah. Tons of, like, synth, really interesting sort of, like, electro drum beat and everything as well. Even though they had a full kit, like, they were the way that they were just... The sound guys also at the rave killed it at that day, too. It was unreal. Um, but, yeah, it was, like, you literally... It was just arcade essentially it was just big arcade energy very like classic like sound. dragon slayer stuff and it was very interesting and it got kind of heavy and chuggy and riffy in certain parts and um it definitely was like telling a story without actually having to say anything 
Yeah, you can tell we play a lot of video games, I think, all the way around here. Because as soon as we're like, yeah, 80s arcade, and like we could figure out what part of the song or what part of the story was based on the song. I'm like, yeah, because we've all heard uh, boss, like, boss battle music. <laughs> yeah, you hear the boss battle, and you're like, oh, shit, what's going on? Yeah, that, that. I was going to go into Sonic again, but that's not important. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic is always important. No, I just, just. Have you guys ever heard of the band Explosions in the Sky? No. They're 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 this, a similar kind of thing. I wouldn't say like jam band necessarily, but but a band without a vocalist and like they're oftentimes not not oftentimes they used to be noted for always feeling like their music was lacking something because they didn't have a a, a vocalist. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that kind of thing is I don't want to say irrelevant, but like just because. Essentially, what a vocalist is another instrument in the band. Yeah. Like I don't feel like that's absurd to say. No. So it, it it wouldn't be any different from having an acoustic song that doesn't have a, a drum kit or or uh, a song that's just a, a piano ballad that doesn't have any other instrument. Like I feel like it's just a different kind of music. Not that it's not that it's less real, if you will. Yeah. I didn't have anywhere else to go with that thought. No, it's it's definitely like like vocal a vocalist in any sort of style of music works to, from my perspective works as like an anchor point for the listener because it's like everything else behind that is like you know everyone kind of imagines um, background music like in their life in some way. Like anybody who listens to music regularly like there's constant like songs playing. In their there's head. a soundtrack to your life. Yeah, right. And it's like a lot of that time though. It's like you can't like when you're doing your thing in your life. There's like. Um, you know, you don't really have a lot of lyrics to it, or if you do, sometimes it's just a hook, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, for a vocal track in general, you know, to really kind of carry the song through, oftentimes it tells a story, or there's some, like, there's some relevance, and that's where a lot of, like, the meat of the story of the song comes from. So it's, like, I think it's an extra challenging thing to be able to write music without vocals and still have it be powerful and meaningful, because it's, like, you're not, you're literally not saying anything. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, how do you make something meaningful by literally saying nothing? And that's that's challenging. I, I, I like I like that that imagery of uh, trying to tell a story because I am someone who like even if there are lyrics telling me something, I will oftentimes interpret them or let my mind wander, kind of thing, which mm -hmm. is very easy with purely instrumental songs. Like in a, usually for me, in a more common sense, it's 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 orchestral music. Mm -hmm. But even even like. Uh, Hate to be that guy, but like lo-fi hip-hop beats, kind yeah. of thing. Like, like, like those can even ha like, like present present me with a with a, with a mood, with a vibe, and then my mind, my imagination just like runs with it. Like, what's the scene in my head right now? And then mm -hmm. as soon as I have a scene of, you know, I'm 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 waiting at a bus stop in the middle of a, of a rainstorm. Well, that character in my head, how did I get there? Kind of thing, and then I'm just going off of the mood. Though it, it, it's it's I, I, you're right. It, it it paints a story. It tells a story yeah. in, in, in a very different kind of way because it is it's almost less handholdy. Yeah, very much so. It's 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 the it's the interpretive dance of music. You know, Hell it's kind yeah. of like it's just all over the place and it's kind of like each to you can put five different people in a room to listen to purely instrumental music and each one of them can probably think of something different about what that song's about. Exactly. Which is I think there's a power in that too. Like that's yeah. something that's really interesting. But um, strictly lyrically speaking, like going to a hook and stuff like that, that is probably one of the hardest things ever to do in a song. It's yeah. like creating a good hook, you know. I I, I agree wholeheartedly. I agree. I will oftentimes, when, you know, in, in my attempts to be a lyricist, I would oftentimes 
pick like a topic I wanted the song to be about and then try to write the hook first and then, then do the verses. And as soon as I thought, okay, that's a good enough hook. That's a good enough chorus. I'd go and write the verses. I'd be so much more proud of the verses that I would scrap the hook and then I have to change it, but now I have to change it to match the verses, but I'm not sure how to, exactly. It, it, it throws me all over the place. It's really hard. I, it, it also doesn't help being something of a perfectionist. <laughs> I, 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 by no means, like, there are definitely times I've lowered my standards where I'm like, fuck it, good enough. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> whatever. Um, but but because music is so important to me, I oftentimes, if, if, I, if I ever do put something out publicly, it's because I have finally gotten over all of my own personal hangups and I'm like, I want this to be heard now. Yeah, I want to release this into the world. I want yeah. this to live I, outside of my own head. I'm actually proud of this now and, 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 and I want it to be heard, but now, but I, you usually get so hung up on things like, like a chorus. Because I feel like I actually do a pretty good job instrumentally. Like I know how to make, make, it, make a big punch, a good, a good build up and punch and whatever. But I just can't get the words to match it. Words are hard, man. Yeah. Especially I have a stutter, dude. You don't have to tell me words are hard. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, right? It's just like, I really feel that, um, like, trying to, like, actually get across something that you're feeling to in words. And then when you're writing a song, to actually get that across in the proper way. Because, I mean, a song without lyrics can be mis- misinterpreted. Not misinterpreted. That's the wrong choice of words. can be interpreted in so many different ways. Now, when you're actually using those words as well, words can often mean more than one thing. And some people do really good with that. Like, if you look into a lot of, like, rap, a lot of that is, like, using the fact that words have double meanings, double entendre, and all this stuff like that. Like, pun rap and everything like that as well. Like, that's a, that's a, that's a huge portion of the entire medium. But, like... You also have to think about that. Like, could somebody take what I'm saying completely different or off kilter and all that other stuff like that? And that's mm-hmm. something that's also a danger in, 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 in lyrics. And, like, that's something that I, I, I get hung up on. Like, I don't do songwriting, like, outside of actually creating anything. Like, for me, it's just like a, uh, a therapeutic thing. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, then it's, like, more poetry than actual songwriting than anything else. But I always, like, imagine a beat behind the rhythm yeah. and the flow and stuff like that. But um, like that's something that I always get hung up on too. Is like, could this be interpreted differently? Even though no one other than me is gonna see it, you it's, know, it's, so it's, it's, it could still matter. Yeah, that's that's how a friend of mine writes. She goes onto SoundCloud and just looks up hip hop beats and then just writes bars. Like for her, that's like you said, it's very therapeutic. It gets whatever stresses in her is in her her head is in her heart, and she gets gets it out and she feels better from it. Yeah. Fortunately, she's also the kind who goes back and reads her lyrics and gets sad again. It's oh, like, no. no, what are you doing? What are you doing? Stop. <laughs> this is supposed to be getting out. It's supposed to go. <laughs> I love that. I mean, as someone who definitely like deep dives into lyrics when they're probably not that deep, I can't help myself. Mm -hmm. Like I would be that teacher in high school that's like, yeah, you brought this up the other day. This is me where the teacher's like, you know, rereading a book and they're like, the sky was blue and the author meant the sky is blue. But the teacher's just like, it meant he was deeply saddened by something like I am that person and I know I am. So, like, that's why I find it interesting from songwriters like Halsey, who takes a whole concept and usually is able to kind of match these songs up to the concept (laughs) and, uh, like, tell a story both within one song and then throughout the whole album. Mm -hmm. And you can see that, too, across the board with, like, Asking Alexandria with um, From Death to Destiny. Mm -hmm. That whole album is, like... When you read it, it's just it seems like someone who is trying to get over the kind of old battle between like drugs, fame, and like their own internal struggles. But also, like I was reading into it when that uh, album came out, and it I'm like was talking to my dad at the time, and I'm like, this sounds like a goodbye letter to fans. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. this sounds like someone from the band is going to leave. And I'm pretty sure, like, it's going to be Danny who leaves. Because this whole thing sounds like a, like, love letter, a thank you letter, and a goodbye letter all in one album. And then sure enough. And then sure enough, that's what happened. So it's kind of interesting because, like, a lot of people, I think, are so used to kind of the more shallow lyrics from mainstream artists that, you know, they have something popped out, written down, and then they just have to sing it, where a lot of these smaller bands, artists, like independent people, like they really put meaning behind like the story that they're trying to tell. And it's almost kind of like a puzzle of like, how can we like dive into it? And like, what are, are they saying anything between the lines sort of deal? Like, I don't know. I kind of, it's like word games and I love it. Two thoughts to build off that. One of my, I, I, I don't want to even want to say ironically, but like one of my favorite lyricists, despite not being who I consider one of my top lyricists, is Owl City. Because not so much he, in his more recent albums, it's his more recent albums, he's been very, like, he's been more upfront with like themes or whatever, but like, Going all the way back to like Of June or Maybe I'm Dreaming, Ocean Eyes, All Things Bright and Beautiful. And then it kind of started shifting with The Midsummer Station. His lyrics were always abstract, like 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 weird, silly things. And and he it, I can't I can't confirm this, but I always I very solemnly believe that all he wanted to do was find words and phrases that fit the vibe of the music he'd written. Yeah. He didn't necessarily care about uh 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 telling you what the song's about he 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 chose words that helped you feel what the song was making him feel kind of thing yeah which i, I always liked a lot very like using the imagery more than the meaning behind the word perfect itself. yes yeah. exactly i mean like like look at look at the, the big one fireflies like if you if you if you were to take that literally as is he's saying hypothetically if you saw these fireflies that i'm seeing you, your your whole world would be changed. You would dance with them. You would you would discover yourself as a person, then cry when they left. You could always interpret the song that way, but instead it could just be like he he was making he had this arpeggiated beat with these with these bell notes that made him think of tiny little lights, and which he then interpreted it as bugs. And he was like, I'm just going to imagine I'm this song is playing in a world filled with these bugs, and here here are are the things that that I feel in, while I'm in that space, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And that's. How I interpret more of his songs. It kind of reminded me very Peter Pan esque, I guess. I don't know, like especially how you just like put it where you're like, okay, so this is what it could be literally interpreted as. I'm like, mm-hmm. that sounds like Peter Pan. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but that's an interesting duality, though. You know, like you have like the, the both of those things could be equally true. Like mm-hmm. they neither one. It doesn't need to be mutually exclusive. They could both exist at the same that's time. True. That's true. That's super point. interesting. The fact about that music too. I never really thought about it that way. I mean, like Fireflies is a banger. Like I remember when it came <laughs> out. Yeah. Like God. it was all over the radio, getting plays everywhere, and I must have heard that song a million times. But I never really thought about it before. You know, I always thought it was like something that was like almost nonsensical lyrics. You mm-hmm. know. It was very, uh, like to me, it's like it's it's a song of youth, you know. It's it's very sort of like melancholy, but at the same time, it's still beautiful and like haunting, but also very positive in the same way. So it's very kind of interesting. I've never really put thought about like fireflies, like the the what the headspace used when he was writing that. So he has so he has so many other songs that are like that. One that I think Danny would like is the the Technicolor phase. If you've mm. heard that one, it was it was on the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland soundtrack. I'm not sure if it was in the movie, but it was on the soundtrack, and it's it's. All he's doing is comparing himself to different colors and then saying like I'm I'm the I'm the black in the book I'm the black in the letters on the pages that you memorize I'm 
the the peach and the starfish on the beach on the blue in the in the sky so like he, he's just going off of colors and going with your with your synesthesia is that what it yeah. is like I, I feel like that'd be kind of a very danny song um the second thought that what you were saying you were talking about uh you you, you had used some phrase that for some reason sparked a memory in my head i remember being like elementary school if not even younger like like pre-k uh and hearing my mother talk about a song i think it was by a country artist dude sorry I was thinking of the Shania Twain Let's Go Girls, and I don't know why. But but she it was it was a song that a mother was writing while she was pregnant about her unborn child or whatever. And my mother made the comment, "Oh, I, I like that 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 she uh, that she's the one who wrote the song. It feels more personal." And I was like, "What do you mean?" Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Well, oftentimes studios are like they'll like writers will be paid to create something just 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 to be a song that this person can sing," which then. I, I had never prior to that conversation thought much about who was writing a song, but it made me shift to thinking that almost all music was just record studio produced. And then when I got a little bit older, like in like my, my preteens, teenager year, teenage years, I began realizing, no, most of the time a band will write a song together. And usually only if it's like a pop star or something like that, will they have a team present them with a song and be like, we think this would be good for you kind of thing. And the band that made me realize that bands write their own stuff usually was the Jonas Brothers. But I thought you were about to say Blink-182. I wasn't ready for that. No, I I, I, I wasn't a pop punk kid quite yet. I, I liked the Blink, Jonas but I wasn't I wasn't quite... Brothers. Yeah, and which the irony being, chances are Disney made them write a lot of songs certain yeah. ways or change lyrics, but I was like, whoa, they actually wrote this themselves. Whoa, they wrote this song themselves too. They wrote this... This whole album was them. Wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on here. That's actually... I was so waiting for you to see Blink-182, so nope. I was not ready for that. No, nope. it was it, it was the, the Joe Bros. Burning Up really got to you, huh? Burning I love that song. Awesome. I love that song. <laughs> oh <my laughs> and also that one that's like, A band to the year 3000. That's okay. a cover. Yeah, is it? Oh, yeah that is right. a cover. Yeah. And the original song said something... Um, Something about the granddaughter, your your granddaughter's banging or something like that, like calling the granddaughter hot. But then the Jonas what, Brothers, the Jonas Brothers doesn't like, have that. What? No, she's <laughs> like she's doing fine. She's doing fine in the orig- in the OG one. She's like it's she's pretty fine, oh, and then it says she's fine, doing yeah. fine. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh come on. Well, that was purity ring phase for Jonas Brothers. Oh god, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah public image wise, purity but ring phase. but Joe's wife already threw him under the bus. So let's be honest here. Well, I mean, Kevin did when he got married. He was like, I don't see what the big deal about sex is. <laughs> it's like, damn, you're married and can, can do it with without repercussions, and you're still telling, you're, you're still in that purity ring phase. Yeah. yeah. Just selling the brand. Yeah, I guess. Uh, oh, I got distracted as hell there. Oh, yeah, we can um, Yeah, like... Um, I feel like, uh, I also, I find it fascinating how music platforms i guess i can't speak so much nowadays because i don't really know how spotify and pandora and stuff do their do their stuff but like in the old school days of like itunes and and totally not napster um would like have an entire category that was just called singer songwriter singer slash songwriter and you had people like lana del rey in that section and you had people like raleigh ritchie two people who are not not genre related in the slightest but they're both considered the same thing and i i don't know if that was almost a um like a, a, a marketing tactic like 
you're listening to the song knowing this person wrote it themselves or if it was a, we don't quite know how to fit them into any other of the bigger genres so we'll give them this almost like subgenre of something yeah or or what have you because i mean arguably taylor swift should be in the singer songwriter genre yeah. uh, uh blink Eighty Two should be in the singer songwriter genre I I, I I i don't know where i'm going with that thought other than it's i just find it peculiar yeah I'm stuck on the tangent where you're talking about the country singer that was pregnant and uh, sang that song about uh, her two were unborn or something like that. And I'm stuck on the uh, if I can't have love, I want power just because like it was I like I will always be hung up on this album. But it was such an interesting like I want to know exactly because I know she came with the idea. She already had the idea of how she wanted the album. She already had like the movie idea in her Mm -hmm. head. She had this idea of like what she wanted to write about and i just want to know like did it start off as pop and then they gave it to uh uh trent reznor and atticus ross and be like hey like work your magic or like did they have to start from the base up just going off of her lyrics because it's kind of interesting there's a few of the songs like um lilith they had it was super well like incorporated but there was like um Easier Than Lying and The Lighthouse. They kind of sound like disjointed, not in a bad way, but it sounds like one or the other was made first. Okay. And like they maybe she like came up with the song first and then they were trying to figure out how to match the melody and they just were like, fuck it. It's more like industrial if we don't match it up. But um, the reason that the whole country singer got stuck in my head, and you might have to help me pronounce this because I think this is Arabic, she said, but yeah, yeah, Bernie. I am not sure about that one. Yeah, a bur- Bernie? I don't think that's Arabic. I thought she said it was. It might be. Um, it's In the ang- anglic- ang- anglic- anglicized version of it. Yeah. Sure. But um, that one was like the last song that she sang in the album and in the, mu- in the movie. And that one I'm like... It's such a lovely... What are you looking at? Yeah, the, the, the Wikipedia article for singer-songwriter. It essentially talks about how it was used and uh, to be someone who would write a song and perform it by themselves, usually with a piano or a guitar, but it has since just like... Mostly because of like a folk revival and then a pop star revival, it's evolved to just be, be a melting pot term for someone who can perform their music themselves. Yeah, so it's like kind of its own subgenre. Well, it, it's, it's like an umbrella term that can apply to damn near any genre. Yeah. It's not necessarily limited to strictly indie or folk, but we interrupted you. I wasn't. That wasn't the intent here. No, I was just curious because I, I was it. reading. <laughs> I knew it. You're, you've been listening to Hall about Halsey for like the past two years. Oh, beyond that, I think when we became friends, like, like I was already on as that. As soon train. as Colors was on the radio, like that's that's when Danny had 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 free free reign to talk about Halsey because now everyone knew who she was. Yeah, <laughs> I think I've it, heard this song three billion. Times. It went downhill real have fast for everyone. Uh, closer by Chainsmokers. Yeah, I'm curious. No, I don't think I ever have ever been woken up by that song screaming in my ear at like random hours of the night. Because yeah, that's... that's actually like I'm not gonna lie to you. I wonder if I can bring up oh, my no. tone quick. Her, yeah, her ringtone. No, you're is... gonna fucking lose it. How do I find this stupid thing? You just set your timer for like ten seconds. <laughs> it's loud, and it's okay. So. It's her alarm. Well, it but was my alarm for a very long time. For, for majority of the, the the first half. Danielle, 
You have an actual problem. (laughs) So it's like there's that, and then there's also, um, what was the other one? The really loud one that I hated. Started in the middle. Cla- of the it was Clarity. It was also Clarity. Oh, Cla- oh, oh, hey, you really like the song Clarity? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. So she has that one. And that it was, was like you. a choir, like mid choir, uh, doing the chorus. Hell yeah! Well, so yeah. it just screams. Ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, like, what the fuck? It's, so she's the type of person that for her alarm, she needs to be startled awake. You know, me through my background. Lucky you. That's not how I operate. And so it's like, I'll be sitting there minding my business, you know, just starting to wake up or in, in deep in sleep or whatever. And she'll suddenly, her alarm will go off and yeah, just screaming, like, you know, in the middle of the song. Like, not even a buildup, just, just harsh. You know, way off topic, but I'm almost <laughs> jolting. I don't feel my alarm is all that... It is. It isn't like screaming in your ear, but it still makes B like freak out. And when she wakes up, mine, my mine is the purge siren. Oh, <laughs> okay. Jesus so I mean, same, same, same energy. But the thing yeah, is, like, it, isn't, it isn't like a pump. It's like a. Right. It doesn't yeah. just all of a sudden start. So I'm yeah. like, oh, hey, it's time to wake up, and she's like, Dah-dah! no, hers is very aggressive. Yeah, I think I. Do you have it? Yeah. It very just starts up that. Just yeah. yeah, that's it. So a pure quiet and bliss. It's not like. <laughs> that is the only way I don't way see I... any remorse in her eyes right no, now. no 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 because like I, got, I was never late for work so. it was like that for like a year two years yeah uh, and like every time just me flying through the ceiling yeah literally there's like there was you know those uh, wily coyote yeah. things there was like that in his parents house because he just would jump just... so high hell yeah it's just get my heart jumping you know, I don't need coffee no more just you know it's just it's, it's, it's the equivalent of a key bump of cocaine right in the morning <laughs> good morning guy. But... okay my heart started yeah, yeah. now it's a good yeah, morning I'm good. I'm alive. I'm good. <laughs> meanwhile I'm just like alright oh, I'm awake let's go like I'm just yeah I'm not quite there I'm just now I need to be moving yeah. Yeah. you be straight a little bit I'm sorry um, okay. Yeah, no, that did, seems about right for all of us. Fair. So, so going off of your Halsey thing, it actually reminded me of Carly Rae Jepsen, her song "Call Me Maybe." Mm. Oh, she, what a when, she, when she originally wrote it, so Carly was writing songs for a while, but she only ever played guitar and sang her songs. When she wrote "Call Me Maybe," she it was like a slower love ballad, and she's like, "I want it to be more more poppy. I want it to be more bubblegum poppy." So she had to go to a producer and be like, "Can we make this a bubblegum pop song?" He was like, "Oh yeah, I got you." Mm. And now we have, now we have the "Call Me Maybe We Know." Yeah, which is also a hit. Something that I didn't think would ever like actually reach like critical mass like it did. Like, yeah. but it also goes to show, like, I think lyrically writing a pop song is probably one of the most complicated things you can do because yeah. it's, like you really need to get your message across while also kind of having like you know bubblegum pop and other stuff like a summer banger mm-hmm. is probably one of the hardest things a musician can write. Because it needs to be something that's easily memorable, but at the same time has, like, insane energy. Definitely. Um, and, like, trying to, like, transpose that onto paper is something that's really hard to do. And, like, you know, how you, there's only so many different ways. You know, really, like, I'll even go so far as to say, I don't know if you remember that, you know, Hidden Gem, the song Friday. By Rebecca Black? By Rebecca Black. Oh, my. Gem. That's a throwback. No kidding, right? That song's over a decade old. Yeah, Danny, you're really old. Yeah, stop. I'm younger than both of you. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like something even like that, like really goes like it, it, it implanted itself in like mm-hmm. the brain of everyone to the point where she almost got like an unreasonable amount of hate for that song. It still mm-hmm. does to this day. But like, just and she, I mean, I don't think I don't even think she wrote that song. I'm no, sure. she didn't know that was Arc Music Factory. Yeah, yeah, which is like pretty much the whole thing. Their whole thing was pretty much trying to churn out like young artists, exactly, and yeah. stuff at the time. But even then, like something like that, like ingrained itself into like. 
the brain of the public and stuff mm. and really be that earworm even today where you hear it even though you might wince when you do it's like irrevocably it's a part of you you know and yep. whether you no matter how much you like it or love it like to do something like that in a, a pop song and like a summer banger or whatever is like incredibly complicated because you it's it's literally inception you have to plant like the simplest of ideas with this like this hook that's just super easily repeatable and stuff mm-hmm. and I mean, I'm constantly talking to, to Danny about like how beat fetishism in the modern music industry, I think, is something that's going like it's destroying itself. Beat fetishism. Yeah, it's more or less like people care more about like the overall like, especially in rap, modern rap in particular. The song could be straight garbage. The lyrics and the content of the song itself sucks, but if the production of like the song, like the beat is fire, it is going to reach critical mass and it's going to like it. If it's loopable on TikTok with a good beat, it doesn't matter how trash the song is, it is going to reach critical mass. I. I'm not a scholar in this guy, so I, ca- I can't say too definitively, but in my head, what you just described is Boogie with the Hoodie. I've never been impressed by his lyrics in the slightest, mm. but his production is always phenomenal. Yeah. It's like, it's like, like he's not, like his song, his big one, Drowning, that song is, 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 is terrible. He rhymes words with themselves and, and, and for, for, for the hook, for the chorus of the song, but... The, the, but the, the the music itself is, is phenomenal. Yeah. So that's I had I guess I hadn't like thought of it as like an overarching problem before. Yeah. I mean I don't necessarily think it's like meant more or less a problem. A pro- you're right. But, but I do think that it's trend. something that is kind of leading to like a stagnation overall. You know, it's like mm-hmm. when we, I mean, which is ironic because we were just talking about you know music itself without lyrics and how that's kind of uh, like very important and everything. But um, I do think it's it's like some it's substance without substance if that makes sense. You know, like you can have a music with a really catchy tune and stuff like that, but if itself, in and of itself, like the lyrics are kind of like not great, but that does go to show how far a tune can really carry you. Indeed. But if all you're relying yeah. on is your is your producer to carry your song, and you know you start collecting big bucks and stuff, it's like, did you really do that, or did your producer really make you famous? You know? Yeah. I also feel, and I know this is this is a little bit of a different different thing than that, but um, Silento, his song uh, Whip and Nene, mm. like that song. That song has a very, very good beat. I have more than once gone on record talking about how frustrated I am by that song because mm-hmm. it's his first song he ever, he ever, he ever released, and he starts it off with "You already know who it is." Yeah. Like, no, we fucking don't. Who the hell you. are you? And that just bugs me for some insane the classic reason. rap hook. You know, you're your boy. But it's like, it's, oh, who are you? My, my, my boy is here, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like that, that song lyrically obviously is nothing, but it's a, it's it's a dance song. It's it's all, all he's all he's doing is is talking about doing a certain specific dance move. Like the Cupid Shuffle. Mm. Yeah, Cupid Shuffle, or even uh, 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 Cha Cha Slide. YMCA. YMCA. Well, that Macarena. Also, I don't think the Macarena describes the moves. The moves. Yeah, that, that was just something the the world decided was was. was it's just ca- gonna be a, yeah. the dance I don't even song. Think I know the origins of the Macarena. To be absolutely honest with you, I don't think anybody like. Da, 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 like I'm. Doing wasn't emotions, one of the but... like pro, like super popular dance songs actually talking about a guy. Uh, whose girlfriend cheated on him or something? I want to say that was the Macarena. Actually, no, the Macarena I thought was about a a, a girl at a club, and then the guy during the chorus is talking about how how hot she is. Yeah, you are correct. Just looked it up. You are correct. I am? Alex yeah. is correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex is correct. It's a uh, pretty much they uh, when I dance they call me Macarena, and the boys they say. Que buena. I don't speak Spanish. Que soy buena, so you're so fine. Yeah, they all want me. They can't have me, so they come and dance beside me. And then it's more, the, the, the chorus is Spanish, which I don't speak. And then, hey, Macarena. Dale, so come. Something about you come lyrics. here. Cuepa, alegria, Macarena. Yeah. Uh, so alegria, alegria would mean happiness. Yeah. I, uh, 
I got it's taking like two people to break yeah, down. Yeah, but don't worry about my boyfriend. I, 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 I He's a boy whose name is Vitorino. I don't want him. Couldn't stand him. He was no good. So I ha 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 ha. So that's yeah. Oh, so it's possible we were both right. Yeah. yeah holy so, shit. Wow. <laughs> How the tables ding, have ding, turned. Ding. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like we got to draw, friends. I mean, does does a song if a song's lyrics all they are is telling someone to to, to dance a certain way? Does that? In, in your opinion, does that make the song like lyrically weak, or like is, is it not lyrically weak because the lyrics were never the point to begin with? Because the song was meant for dancing. I don't know, honestly. To be like, that's actually a kind of more profound question than I expected it to be. Oh, so, sorry. <laughs> and like, um, anyway, fuck Silento. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I mean, like, is it possible that both? Because like, I hate to be like a you know, uh, a black or white statement. That yeah, yeah, there's always like, room for gray. Um. Because I mean, when you're look, when you're like thinking about like in the club, you're not really considering the lyrics of the song that you're dancing to, you know. You're Unless it's of... shots. But even the, yeah, yeah. Everybody. Nice, I almost hurt yourself. Yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> no, it's just uh, like when you're like, it, I guess it depends on like the scene the meeting has been consumed in. You know what I mean? But it's like for the yeah. lip and the nae nae yeah. and stuff like that too. It's just like I think that's more of like a. Uh, like 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 a like a, a signal, you know, like to trigger something in the brain to do the thing. And I don't think it makes the song any less. Um, but I like you're definitely not gonna have like any like profound realizations when you're yeah. listening to you know. You're never gonna Silento. He- you're never gonna hear Whip and Nene and think I should call my parents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're not gonna sit there and like kind of have like that deep thought in the shower moment when you yeah. know suddenly Whip Nene comes on. You're not just suddenly just sitting there, you know, with your hand against the wall, the water running down your face, thinking about like, man, I fucked my life somewhere. You know, like <laughs> the stanky leg. It's so true. I'm yeah. standing on a stanky leg right now. <laughs> I'm suddenly very concerned, like, because what if someone gets to that point in their life? Power to him, man, because that's got to take some, like, really, like, next level, like, introspection. You'll hear that chiptune intro, which will take you back to your youth playing video games to the last time your father hugged you, and my god. Woof. Wow, what a train. <laughs> no. <laughs> Speaking of crazy train, we should have saved that for Oh, I love episode. Black Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> my dad is going to be like, I thought I raised you better. We like Danny who. <laughs> we love you, Dan. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a brilliant question, actually. That's like really good food for thought on that one. So, Silento is your favorite artist. Oh, God. No, I, uh, I, I, I had another thought. I don't remember. I, I got sidetracked because you, you got me really thinking. I'm like, oh, shit, beat fetishism. What was it? Well, I had a thought right before that. What were we talking about? Carly, Carly Ray, Ray Jepsen. Mm-hmm. Bubblegum Pop. Oh, so you were talking about how it can be difficult to write a summer banger or pop mm-hmm. lyrics or something like that. There's a band that I still listen to them once in a blue moon, but they kind of epitomize stereotypical lyrics for their genre, and that's the Amity Affliction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. I have never heard a band use the term, my past. Or more ocean. Than, or, but like, like, like the idea of... Because of where I am, because because of where I was, it's put me where I am, and that makes me dark. Yeah. Like like, it, it's it's it kind of ma- it makes me like cringe and groan thinking like even stuff that's a bit lighter like like Zebrahead who was my favorite for a time. It's like yeah, they're always talking about fuck her from back then. It's like at a certain point I wanted I wanted music that would be about looking forward, which is probably why I like like Angels and Airwaves and I like Owl City and. I mean, he's kind of 50-50, but Dermot Kennedy and stuff like that. Like, some of the songs are about the past, some songs are about a better future. 
What do you I, mean? I can't listen to my pop punk about pizza, friends, and fuck this town? I <laughs> I am the poster child for loving that kind of music. I'd be hypocritical for me to say, like, oh, it's trash. Because even if it is, I'm still going to binge it like crazy. Especially, I was saying last, or last episode or whatever, like, as it gets warmer, I get more and more into pop punk music again. Like I, I, it's never fully gone, of course. Like, like I, I still consider myself something of a scholar in that genre. But it's always there, just always it's hanging around the gray matter perpetually. My God, <laughs> I, I went on like a twenty-minute gush fest about how much I love Mark Hoppus last episode. I'm pretty sure I cut out of most of it. Like, like, you were kind enough to keep it in and give, give me my, give me my, my, my gush, my rant. Because it was I, funny. But I went and took out some of it because I'm like, I am not even saying anything here other than fanboy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Stay true to the brand, man. Yeah, I mean, there there's still a fair amount of it in there, I think. But uh, no, I, I, which is another thing, you can actually see compilations online of pop punk bands hating this town. Mm. Like there, it's a multi-part video series, like part one and part two. I think there's a part three out now. It's like, damn, they really do just kind of pull of from the same. Half of it is going to be a day to remember. Just oh, like, yeah. sp- especially with all signs point to Lauderdale. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's, that's their entire brand. The entire most of their career. I'm sorry. It, 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 it connects in my head, but I feel like topically I'm, I'm about to change change subjects here. But I swear it relates. So a day to remember. I frequently, I frequently used that the, the the name of that song as. So it'll it'll I'll be like like at work something will happen and I'll be like. Like, hey, why is why are why are the guys still out uh, on a run? Well, they were out, and and then and then I'm pretty sure Mary called, and now like all signs point to, to Lauderdale. Like every everything's making sense now. It's like everything has that same common origin thing. That's not an actual phrase, obviously, but because of the context, no one questions me or no one else. Like I've never heard that before. They're always like, oh yeah, you're probably right. The colloquialism, they get it. They you get know? it enough, which makes me think about like where where in the hell does that does that name come from? I mean, because they're they're from the city of Ocala mm-hmm. in Florida, not not. Fort Lauderdale in Florida. Yeah, but have you heard about Fort, Fort Lauderdale in Florida? Let fuck that you. town too. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm not even. I don't even. I haven't even been there. And fuck that town. But that then shifts me into bands like the quintessential one, Fallout Boy, who has the most absurd titles for things. Oh, I love it. And, and I, I I love it a lot too Bring because because like honestly, when, when when you see a name like that, one, I'm gonna be inclined to listen to it and be like, because t- traditionally a song title has is. A lyric in the song so if, if i see i'm like a lawyer the way i'm always trying to get you off i'm like how is the where's that gonna be in the song and it usually is never in there actually but i i end up liking the song regardless or asking alexandria like i was once maybe perhaps a cowboy king like they only have like <laughs> yeehaw in the song or, once <laughs> or going back to to dance given dance and right. then the song title and then i told them i invented times new roman yeah like, what? all of their songs or titles. fucking hot mulligan i was mentioning them last episode their their song they have a, they have they have two songs i always go to one of them is just called featuring mark hoppus <laughs> and the other one is are you familiar with Michelle Branch the, like the, per- I the, the, the person title. no sorry, oh, I'm, sorry. Like, I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> I was like this is brilliant I love it <laughs> are you are, are you Ty familiar with Michelle Branch no so she's a, a, a pop rock singer from the early to mid aughts she has a song probably her biggest hit called All You Wanted and there's and Hot Mulligan has a song titled All You Wanted by Michelle Branch oh that okay, is the full fantastic. title and it's, it's, it. it's, 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 it's wacky um, and to some people that can be like like tacky and like off-putting like i remember so the band i set my friends on fire mm-hmm. band group solo artist whatever whatever that's going on with them <laughs> right now uh one of their probably their most famous song except for the ones they did with smosh was things that rhyme with orange and i was like oh, it's actually a really 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 touching song if i'm digging too deep into the lyrics but uh my i told my, my mother about it and she was like oh so what do they say rhymes with orange 
I'm like, no, that's not the point. That's not the, no, they don't, they don't actually, they don't actually do yeah. that. There's, there's no four inch door hinge here for this orange. It's, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that's amazing. Um, but yeah, so it's stuff like that. Like I find charming can be off putting. And similarly, I, I will oftentimes think about what if a song was called something else? Like what if the song colors by Halsey was, uh, called everything. Mm. Like, 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 think about that. Or if it was just called shapes, like even flipping it completely, yeah. which making like an ironic sense. Yeah. Interesting. Like, 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 would that, would that, would that change how I feel about it? I oftentimes think, what would I call this song while I'm listening to it? Like, uh, um, the song, my, my, my favorite song ever is Everything's Magic by Angels in Airwaves. And I oftentimes think, what if this song was called Hear This Please? Because that's how the chorus begins. So hear this, please. And like, 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 would that, would that change it a bit? Like, it almost makes the song sound like, like going into that song, I would think that song is a cry for help. Whereas yeah. the name, like everything's magic, I'm like this song is gonna be upbeat and happy and stuff. Like I go into it with a certain bias already by hearing the song name, and does that affect how I interpret what they've written? Oh, that's brilliant, actually. So it's like, yeah, um, that I guess it's an also like an, an, uh, a part of songwriting too. It's like that, that helps create the identity of the song before mm-hmm. you even learn about it. Yeah. So it's like just hearing the song title, like if your friend texts it to you, and says, "I think this is great because there's no vocal cues in text." So if somebody's like, hey, listen to this song by this band, and it's like you fully, like you already have like a preconceived notion what the song's going to be based on the yep. title. Um, that's brilliant. I don't think I've ever really thought about something like that before. And then there's like Blur who goes the, like the ante of the pop punk titling scheme. Their most famous song is called Song 2. Song 2. Yeah. <laughs> woohoo! Oh my god, I totally forgot that was called Song 2. I just literally know that as the woohoo. <laughs> the woohoo song. It's like you, 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 you. I mean, maybe. Full disclosure, I'm not a big Blur fan, so it's just like I hear that. I know the song. The, was, we're we're more gorillas than Blur. Yeah. <laughs> just the woohoo uh, song. Yeah, yeah woohoo like, song. Oh, what, what was? Oh shit! Though there was a. You got this. I believe in you. Shinigami, I think it was. A lot of his, a lot of his music online, or his profiles are called "I hate Shinigami." So it almost sounds like it'll be a hate account, but you go there to listen to his music, kind Beautiful of thing. Irony. It's yeah, there's, like 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 he's presenting himself as the antithesis to what he what you would think he should be. He should probably be one of his biggest fans, or like or like like hyping himself up a little bit. But instead, he's going the anti route. And mm. I, I don't know. I just thought of that in my head. I don't really know. I haven't fleshed that out out at all, but. Probably like taking power back too, kind of like you know preempting some of the haters. It's like nah, I'm already making memes about myself about how I suck and stuff. So. Literally how how Eminem got famous. Yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I understand. I'm a white kid in the black scene. I'll point it out first, so that way you have no ammo against me. 100. It's like I'm gonna use literally. I'm gonna take your biggest gun away from you, mm-hmm. or at least take your ammo away. And it's very 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 interesting. Yeah. Maybe potentially shifting it a little bit, but thinking about like lyrics. You said something about lyrics, Danny, that uh like tie together over like albums and stuff. And that got me thinking about concept albums. Um, I love concept albums. Love One of my favorite bands of all time, Coheed and Cambria. Um, they're known for their concept albums. Mm-hmm. Um, their most recent one is something that I'm a big fan of, uh, The Unheavenly Creatures. Um, and the story that they tell and everything is very interesting. Uh, like it opens up about like talking about like an intergalactic like planetary space prison essentially, and about like how it's this man's like talking. Like, the whole thing is pretty much like this guy talking to his son about like, hey, like I'm gonna start a revolution, but you're gonna finish it and everything. 
and it's just like Damn. it's very it's hardcore it's heavy yeah super hardcore and like uh then that leads into their newest single that they just released as well called the liars club and all it is to me i interpret it as more or less like parents talking to their children kind of about like hey like this is again like we're starting the revolution but you're gonna finish it and like the story that like Coheed and Cambria can tell. I mean, even their name themselves is a story. It's about their two characters that they tell. It's Coheed and Cambria. I always wonder where their name came from. Yeah, okay. yeah. So uh, it's like it's from their first album. It tells a story of Coheed and Cambria and like these two characters, star-crossed lovers essentially, that are trying to find their way together and they have to go through various things. So the fact that they're leaning into the concept album so hard that their band's name is in and of itself a piece of their lore is is very interesting. And yeah, yeah. Um, like the writing for a concept album to do something like that too to really kind of like lean into a, a gimmick like that, um, like that has to take an unreal amount of time and dedication. And sort like of. yeah, like 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 thoroughness. Yeah, like because if you're building a general lore behind your story and everything like that, like it's almost like. Um, George Lucas in depth I mean I'm not saying that like they're by any means like Star Wars but it's just you really have to like make sure that like in the songs and the stories you're telling that it's it's meaningful to your character's development within that universe you're yeah. creating and like that's got to be something that not only are you writing something that individually as a song can be nice and great and cool but like as a part of a whole it's something that also now ties into the greater lore behind what you're doing definitely and like that's got to be something so incredibly challenging like i've never tried in my spare time to sit down and write a concept album but i imagine it's incredibly fun yeah, like cool. i would like the storyboarding for it and everything yeah. there's, there's thought that goes into it beyond just the, the basic songwriting procedure um, i uh we, we actually had an episode about concept albums um it actually, it actually is a subject i, I think it'd be cool to re revisit um, oh yeah i loved but, it like like so my favorite album of all i've ever written was the story so far is proper dose not inherently a concept album but i have a whole story mapped out for each each single track like i i, I listened to that whole album as a story and then one of my favorite bands who's coming to Summerfest, i actually is my is modest mouse i actually scheduled my last day at my job to be the thursday of their concert because i was it was originally gonna be the friday after but i'm like they're playing at 9 30 and i'm going to live it up at the, at the modest mouse concert i'm not going to work the next day <laughs> But so there, um, I, I've oftentimes said that this is probably the most recent album. It's not, but um, it it was before a, a, they, they took it took a big break. It was it's called "We Were Dead Before the Ship Even Sank." Mm. It was written originally to be a concept album about a crew as their ship is sinking, and that was the, what the whole thing was going to be out. They actually dropped the theme, but it is still littered over damn near every single song in that album, and and I like how despite having gotten rid of it, and I I actually thought this. Uh, probably because of the title of the album, but I, I got that vibe the entire time. Then reading it and getting it confirmed, I'm like, oh, holy shit, okay. Um, but because Modest Mouse is is Owl Cityan in its in its lyrical approach, it's very absurd at times. Like Isaac Brock is just kind of screaming into a microphone and like having fun with it. Like like it's you you don't you don't you don't have to view it that way, but it's still like intentionally or otherwise there is a story that was created there with absurdism lyrics and just the sounds of the instruments helping carry the theme it's it, i can only imagine the amount of depth it went in it helped having johnny marr be their guitarist for that album i'm sure because that dude's been making music with this like he was making with the smiths for 20 years prior to that album coming out so. part, of, part of the creating the identity of the genre yeah yeah exactly so like i i, I guess that helps but yeah i can only imagine the level of like intricacy that goes into something like that yeah like just in general to like really kind of think uh lyrically it's like i have to make a song that this stands alone and on its own 
but could still kind of be something bigger. Be part of a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, the weaving it into the tapestry sort of is something that... I like, like that. You no, know, thank you. Um, I think it's something that is uh, incredibly complicated and takes so much forethought. And not only that, like I think it really is a good sign of a great musician if they can Definitely. consistently do something like that as well, mm-hmm. um, especially if it continues, which is like I think Coheed and Cambria is, is one of the best rock bands of all time. Um, especially at least of the modern era because oh, yeah, it's like yeah. what they could do in terms of like musically is just it's unreal like I think we actually we saw them at Summerfest this last year mm-hmm. and um, they were obviously beautiful. very tired oh god yes <laughs> oh god yes it's glorious and they were one of my first bands I've ever seen um, I went, my first band I ever went to go see live was uh, was Slipknot and Coheed and Cambria opened up for them oh really yeah this was like 2000 Six, oh, 2007. Back dinosaurs roam the earth. Yeah, okay. I know, right? So long. <laughs> um, but it was like one of my first ever like actual like big scale like live venues, and um, this was right when you know um, Good Apollo, I'm coming home was coming out and all that other stuff like that. Um, Good Burning, whatever it was. I think I messed that up. Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star. Big fan. Yeah, right. I know. Of course. <laughs> Um, but like, you know, I've never heard of them before and I went there and they'd like, they'd opened my eyes and then that's kind of like introduced me to the concept of a concept album. Like, yeah. I've never thought of it before. I've always heard of like, uh, you know, albums is just a collection of singles essentially. I've never really put thought into like where that came from and like Definitely. putting it into a line. What about you? About like concept stuff? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, like lyrically, do you think yeah. your, your girl did one? She, yeah, she did two now. Was Hopeless Romantic Fountain Kingdom thing? Was that? Yeah. Uh, hope, oh, fuck. Now I can't even. You, you messed it up too Big much man. in my head. Yes. Hopeless <laughs> Fountain Kingdom. Okay, I threw so, out the yeah, last word. I bad. mean, even her first album, Badlands, could kind of be considered a concept. And you have, uh, If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power, but she was like, um, at this point, she was pregnant. She. Uh, was like locked down because of covid and she found out she probably would need another endometriosis surgery so she goes all right this is my last kind of hoorah to get all of these frustrating things out and i wanted it to tell a story like about being pregnant so she did like multiple different like influences in this one album and then got to work with like the Nine Inch Nails guys, and got to make that industrial pop album that she wanted. Yeah. This girl was working overtime. Hell yeah. Like, but while being pregnant. While also, being also, pregnant. Also hitting so many birds with a stone with this one with this one passion project. I yeah, like that. this was like her ultimate passion project. And I remember her in an interview, or like in an interview, they were like, you know, I wanted to do this and like this is my ultimate dream and she goes this is the one chance that I had to kind of get all of these feelings out because after this I'm going to be a mother and I want to know preoccupied. Yeah. yeah and like I just kind of want to move past where I am right now so that I can kind of start over with a fresh slate on my new work and so this supposedly is going to be the last like sort of overly emotional one but then we're supposed to be going into a new era and I'm kind of excited because they've already said that they have a few uh, pop songs ready to release, nice. but they don't want to release it yet until they go on tour, which is happening over the summer. And I'm like, just give me new music, please. I've They're actually listened. taunting you with it. Yeah, I'm like, I've already done this, please. Just, just give me the music. I started like itching. Just give me the music. <laughs> where's, where's, where's Hal- uh, is Halsey here? I, I was told Halsey. Was- where's Halsey? <laughs> For real. I was just like, I just want the new music because I'm, I'm interested to see where. 
her and her team go moving forward and if it's going to be like another concept album or if this is going to be a breakaway both conceptually and like melod like song wise i guess is yeah. a good way of putting it. I keep clicking my rings together. Yeah, I, 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 I was considering putting putting a message in there, being like, if you hear any clicking, that's either Danny cracking her knuckles or her rings. Yeah, I <laughs> when I have my rings on, I like I start talking with my hands. I don't know why. This is why I can't have nails yeah. because if I had nails, like it'd be over for just me. Big babushka energy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, f uh, so that's that's where it's where we're gonna end this one. Ty, thank you very much for joining us for this thank episode. Thank you for was, having me in prompt too. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was, this, this 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 was a lot of fun. Uh, that was her clapping, not her not her rings clicking. Yeah, this time that was once. me clapping. Just a clap. Round of applause. Get it? Because I'm funny. Round of applause. <laughs> Thanks for that pity laugh, babe. Appreciate it. Yeah. I'm gonna keep staring at you in silence for a bit to make you uncomfortable with the actions you have you have you have taken. Just, oh come on, you're uh, just mad. You didn't think of it first. You should feel bad. Um. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I am still working. I'm actually making very good progress on the secret project that I haven't even told Danny about yet. I'm very excited for that. I am so stoked. Uh, yes, and then, then uh, we are only after this three more episodes away from our, our big, big finale, which which we're going to do something special for dun, for, the, for dun, this season. Dun. Ooh, can't wait to see that. So for now, hear that visual audio medium. You're doing great, babe. I'm, I'm just. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.